There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You're listening to CMO Moves, the podcast that uncovers the human side of game-changing leaders. Hear their incredible journeys, the moves that they've made, and how they got to become leaders of some of the world's most exciting brands. We hope you enjoy their stories, their advice, and take away some tips and inspiration for your day. Enjoy the show. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, everyone, and thanks for tuning in to another episode of CMO Moves. Today's guest is Miss Lorraine Barber Miller, and she is the EVP and Chief Marketing and E-Commerce Officer at Philips. Lorraine, welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Heidi. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, we're excited to have you. So Lorraine and I um, got to meet, we, we linked up fairly recently um, talking about our mentor program and all the other fun things we have going on. And we said, hey, you want to join us on the show? And she said, yeah. So here we are. Um, Lorraine, and you're based in New York currently. Is that right? Yes, that's right. However, I do split my time between Amsterdam, Netherlands at the company's headquarters, as well as here in the U.S., where we have our North American headquarter based in Cambridge. Yes. And Lorraine, I'm going to ask her to share a little bit of a, um, a masterclass in what it's like to relocate your family, move completely to another country just weeks before the lockdown of a major pandemic. So Lorraine, can we just start there, please? Because that is just, if, if you can do that, I'm pretty sure you can do anything in business. So 
<laughs> You're absolutely right, uh, Heidi. I joined Phillips in February 2020. I was on the ground and relocated to Amsterdam by the end of the month. And of course, two weeks later, as we all know, we were in the middle of, or the start of a pandemic and in lockdown. So it's been a, an amazing ride because in, in fact, I've moved to a different country, different company, different team, new transformation to lead. And of course, all of it being done through a screen, which makes our progress even more remarkable, if you will. And your team, um, so tell us a little bit about what you oversee as chief marketing and e-commerce officer. So give us kind of the lay of the land of your team. And then also, how does that break down between the Netherlands and here in the U.S.? Yes. So in fact, Heidi, you're absolutely right. I do have the privilege of leading a global community of over 3,000 practitioners around the world. And I would say what unites us is really that we are so passionate about making a meaningful impact in the world and bringing our purpose to life. Now, this community of 3,000 practitioners includes, really, I would consider it full stack marketing, communications, digital, as well as e-commerce. And we can certainly talk about that in a bit, but it's essentially the entire function globally distributed. We have teams at a global level, and certainly we have teams in the businesses as well as in the markets. And Lorraine, given, you know, your title has e-commerce in it, that's a big focus. Is it, when it's in the title, it's a focus. So tell us about, is that something that's newer for Philips or has that always been a, a kind of synonymous with the CMO role? So as my title implies, I do have a unique position as a CMO that serves both B2B and B2C segments. So for example, our health systems marketing groups are focused on the B2B side of the house, while our personal health marketing team is focused on B2C consumers. And I really find it quite vital, Heidi, that we apply an audience-centric approach to both in a global marketing presence as we have over a hundred countries. So for example, in health systems specifically on the B2B side of the house, the realities today mean that healthcare providers are responding to some very challenging pressures as we know. Our customers therefore are expecting more than ever from us. And in turn, we need to continuously transform to anticipate those customer needs. For example, we need to be a stronger partner. We need to deliver on our purpose. And I believe that marketing plays an important role in this shift for the entire enterprise. And we have that leading responsibility. So what I mean by that is we've moved away from a traditional product marketing orientation to one that is more customer and consumer oriented or facing, mm -hmm. if you will. And with this, our marketing is evolving to deliver what I'll describe as richer value for our customers and consumers. So for example, on, our, on the B2C side of the house, millennials and Gen Z are important audiences for us and they're a sizable part of the workforce. So it's vital for us to get in front of them very early on. In our portfolio, in our male grooming portfolio, for example, we realize the importance of forming early habits around one of the most important manhood rituals, that's grooming and building that emotional bond with a brand that can continue to serve them 
through different stages of their lives. And so we are proactively seeking out real-time feedback and data to understand not only the current, but future needs and challenges as well as their own strategies for success. So this is enabling personalization at scale for consumers. We're building propositions that are addressing their dilemmas and fit their core values like the first shave for youth or unisex intimate for both male and female. And so we'd like to say that it's not just a shaver, but instead it is a life hack. It's a revolution that's disrupting the status quo in what is considered a quite old fashioned mm -hmm. grooming world. So for example, we've built a loyal base of over 30 million consumers. We've shipped over a hundred million blades and we're on a mission to build a one blade nation of a hundred million engaged ones as we describe it. And we're reaching out to them in channels that are also very relevant to them. And so we're building activations in Fortnite and Twitch, for example, or for instance. Now that's on the B2C side. On the B2B side, to further illustrate this, based on customer insights and market research, we know that there is an unmet need to reduce the overall cost per diagnosis through the integration, digitization, and virtualization of radiology. So we've designed an omni-channel radiology campaign that is aligned to the customer decision journey. So instead of pushing individual products or solutions, which we might have done in the past, we've now planned campaigns and engagement around key audiences, such as the head of radiology, cardiologists, administrators, technicians. And with this radiology workflow engagement or campaign, if you will, we're addressing the challenges that are faced by, for example, the radiology technologists, mm -hmm. like the pressure of first time right exams, inexperienced or complex and advanced scans, or dealing with anxious patients. And we enable that discussion with our customers or discussion around our customers' challenges and how Phillips can help to address the different stages in the journey through the, an online, or excuse me, an omni-channel campaign. And is that, Lorraine, um, an example of how your team is leveraging um, machine learning or, and or AI in those uh, kind of customer segmenting, or is that different? So, uh, well, so absolutely. Maybe perhaps I can take a step back because, in fact, I do believe as marketers, we need to master both the art and the science of our profession. Yep. And this really means to me and to us that we need to be increasingly data-driven and always finding ways to leverage new technology like AI or ML to anticipate and to respond to customer and consumer needs. But we also still need to focus on the art of marketing, which involves obviously designing the creative campaigns and emotive approaches. Now, I can tell you one example or one of the impacts we saw from the pandemic was an increase in call center traffic. We found that a lot of consumers uh, were purchasing more from brands who responded well to the crisis by improving consumer experience and supply chain challenges in customer service lines. So our response was first to make this fully digital first in our approach and to transform our consumer care 
to caring for the consumer. Now, what do I mean by that? So we very quickly, you know, anticipating, understanding, reading in real time, the needs of our consumers, we improved our site navigation and user experience, experience through the entire journey. So for example, we've offered more self-service functionality, proactive help through automation. We've reduced channel choices. So for example, less email in favor for an improved online experience. And we've been driving consumers to the best live channels based on NPS experience and intent. So we're helping them through, for example, bots, advisors, really to get the answer or the help that they're looking for. And, you know, we've seen uh, very positive feedback, as I said, from consumers and through their MPS. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I know being over B2C and B2B is not particularly something that's unusual of a CMO role. I mean, I think we see a healthy amount of um, CMOs who, who are in similar roles as you. I, I think it's fascinating. I wonder if you agree that you probably, even though it's kind of two different audiences you're serving at the end of the day, it's people serving people and you're trying to come up with solutions for them, whether it's B2B or B2C. Do you ever, does your team ever discover something for one audience? And then you're like, oh, we got to go, let's go try that over here on our consumer side or vice versa, right? Because at the end of the day, it's, it's what makes people, what helps them make decisions and what's emotive to move the needle, right? Absolutely, Heidi. I couldn't agree more. In fact, we see both sides of the house converging. And what I mean by that is as consumers, we bring expectations and preference into our professional lives. So we expect real-time engagement. We expect uh, anticipated or personalized experiences and connected seamless experiences also in the business world. Now, for example, we also, I think we are uniquely positioned as Phillips because we really want to be with you and stay with you during your entire health journey. And what I mean by that is we, of course, we want to be there on the B2C side as a healthy consumer. And then eventually on the B2B side, as we may need healthcare throughout our life journey. So we may need diagnosis, treatment, and potentially returning home um, with recovery or continued care. So for us, I think we're uniquely positioned to extend across that entire care continuum, if you will. And in order to do that, you know, we do need to connect both sides of of our business together. Absolutely. And I know we had talked um, previously a, a little bit about a digital redesign that your team um, has, has done. Tell us a little bit about that. Yes. So we've learned from uh, market research, for example, that our hair removal consumers didn't necessarily appreciate the male-female split that we designated on our digital property, Phillips.com. They really thought it was quite old-fashioned. And so the feedback was that they wanted more of a unisex approach to their online experience. So based on that feedback, we created a new structure and also based on benchmark analysis, external search behavior, of course, uh, consumer and user interviews, analytics data. So really taking in or ingesting as much as we could to inform our approach. We've redesigned the digital experience and 
the way that we categorize our products on our website. So now, instead of searching for female or male hair removal products, it's structured based on the body part where you want to remove the hair. So like the face, the body, the head, the nose. And so we're even taking this a step further to ensure that all of our product packaging reflects the consumer feedback with a unisex design approach as well. Oh, okay. So this is something everyone will see not only on the website, but in stores soon, the products are going to be looking different. The packaging in stores. Yes. And then the digital experience is available today. Excellent. Very cool. And, and Lorraine, before we go any further, I want to talk, I want to go back a little bit um, because we, we briefly touched on it, you know, when you took this role for Phillips, but Take us back to that time when this opportunity first presented itself. What led you to want to take on this role? Um, And for those of you listening, um, Lorraine has um, an amazing background. Uh, Lorraine spent 21 years at IBM. She moved on to a role at ADP and now has been at Phillips for two and a half years. So tell us about that transition. Absolutely. So in terms of... um what made me decide to join. So firstly, I have to say, Heidi, I was very much drawn to the company's incredible purpose, which is to improve the health and well-being of 2.5 billion people a year by 2013. And in order to fully achieve that goal, we need to transform both as a company and as a marketing and e-commerce function. So secondly, I was drawn to the opportunity to lead the global marketing transformation for Philips and to directly shape and influence the future of an iconic global brand, which you know continues to be on a journey to transform into a health technology leader. And then thirdly, as a marketer, It's truly a dream assignment to be in a unique position leading the marketing and e-commerce function for both B2B and B2C and to be applying an audience-centric approach to both. So I was quite motivated to take on such a broad scope, which goes beyond, as we said earlier, the full stack of marketing, but also includes e-commerce. And, you know, when you're evaluating um, over the course of your career, a move like this, which again, you spent 21 years at IBM. So it's, you have um, a couple big roles uh, that I could say over the past few years, and then big, big amount of your career at IBM. But when it comes to these types of moves, do you have like your own personal board of directors or mentor that you look to, to help you evaluate those types of decisions? Absolutely. So I have I'll call them trusted advisors, both personally and professionally to keep me grounded, but also to encourage and to challenge me in terms of the next role and the next next role that it leads Mm -hmm. to, uh, Heidi. And so when I do evaluate an opportunity, as you can see, whether it was with IBM, ADP, or now Philips, I think very simply, there are two lenses that are most meaningful to me. The first is the purpose, the purpose of the organization. Is it compelling? Is it something that energizes and motivates me to do my very best work representing that brand? And the second lens is the legacy and the impact that I can make and leave on that organization. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's where purpose is so important in what we do and why we do it. But then importantly, what is that actual impact I can leave on the organization? 
I love that. I think that's a really good way to look at it because it's all, it's what you're getting, um, what the company is giving in terms of purpose, but what you can bring uniquely to that role, um, that has to be a match as well. Yeah. And have you had any, besides moving right before a major pandemic, have you had any other major, like unplanned career situations or, or things that have happened along your journey that you can pinpoint? Well, I think actually, uh, Heidi, believe it or not, I think I'm on my eighth move. I never anticipated that um, when I started my career way back when, but I have been fortunate with all three organizations to take on new opportunities, new challenges, and many of them required me to relocate, which I do think, you know, whether it was living here in multiple locations in the U.S. or in Dubai, Prague, now recently in Amsterdam, I truly believe these opportunities change you both personally and professionally. Mm -hmm. They're incredibly rich opportunities. So I've always uh, taken them as the opportunities have presented themselves. But what I will tell you is when I did join Philips, as I mentioned at the start of the pandemic, I think we all had a lot of uh, change to deal with at that moment in time. And what I have personally learned is the importance of listening and supporting one another. Um, As many of us had children, partners, uh, parents to take care of, we didn't always know what the other individual um, uh, behind the computer screen was potentially going through. So I think it's so important, um, and this is where I found it to be important to listen to our colleagues and what they were saying, not always to solve or an easy answer, but I do believe that in order for us to be our best at Phillips, we need to take care of one another. And so, you know, throughout my career, I've had many unplanned moments. What I've learned to do is embrace and rise to the challenge. Essentially, let's say feeling comfortable in the uncomfortable, if you will. And so that's when I learn and grow the most. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more. And I think um, my my team, myself individually, have run into some challenges recently where I feel like we just you, you got to rise to the occasion. You can't change what's happening in front of you, but it's all about how you handle it. And that reflects more on you as a leader. Absolutely. Um, and let's talk about that culture. And, and, you know, you are a change agent. You are known for um, you're coming in uh, transformative type of roles. Talk about how that plays into your leadership style, because I have to imagine as a you know, CMO, you, there's a lot of influencing um, the C-suite, influencing the team to come along with transformation. How do you tackle that as a leader? How, what's your approach? Yes. And I think this is probably, if you will say, the recipe or the secret to success, at least I have found in such a large scale uh, transformation of this magnitude and impact for uh, for 3000 practitioners. So I think it's so important. It's what I said earlier, right? It's being uh, being comfortable in the uncomfortable. And I think also, Heidi, coming out of our comfort zone to get the buy-in from other leaders when driving uh, change or difficult decisions, being curious, asking the right questions, making courageous decisions, pushing boundaries, looking for inspiration everywhere, whether it's inside or outside of our, our organization, and then figuring out how to apply it and to scale it in our context. Mm-hmm. You know, I do think for the organization, it's incredibly important to get leaders on board 
But also remember that the transformation is about the people. The transformation would not happen if it wasn't for our people. And I think it's important to keep that because it's such a paramount uh, element of any change initiative. And so with that, I do spend a lot of my time explaining the why of our marketing transformation, not only to our business stakeholders, but the other supporting functions like finance, legal, HR, IT, supply chain, and et cetera. It's, I think it's absolutely important for everyone to understand the why, the what, the how of the transformation and to be really clear um, and have your advocates and supporters fully briefed and aligned with that shared vision and accountability. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, you mentioned um, the importance of keeping the team healthy. How how are you doing that in a virtual slash hybrid environment? And given, especially, again, you were onboarded into this role um, in a remote way. So how, how are you doing that today, two years later after the pandemic was first started? <laughs> yes. So as I reflect on that, Heidi, I think it's so important to have everyone in our team to feel challenged because they're contributing. We're contributing to a greater cause. And that really unites all 80,000 employees around the world. Uh, so challenged and inspired and feeling contributed is one thing. You're absolutely right. It's important to build and nurture. I tell my team, it's important to build and nurture networks inside and outside of Phillips, mm -hmm. being intentional, taking the time to cultivate strong personal and professional networks early and throughout one's life and career. You know, and I think at one, you know, you touched upon it. At some point in our careers, we all need trusted advisors to inspire and challenge us. So it's important for all of our colleagues to feel like they can share what they're feeling with their manager, being clear on their amb uh, ambitions and sharing where they want to develop. Now, employee well-being, as you mentioned, is another important topic and very near and dear to our hearts, of course, based on the industry that we're in. We need our teams to feel empowered, to make decisions, to prioritize their work in order to maintain a healthy work and life balance and keep, keep feeling energized at mm -hmm. work. So for example, one thing that we have introduced is what we call oxygen moments, where we have encouraged our colleagues to block six to eight hours of their work uh, week, you know, free of meetings, perhaps on a Friday, Friday afternoon, in order to get some headspace as well, some air to breathe. You know, it isn't a day off. It's rather a time to think, strategize, uh, learn, um, have career development conversations, or just time to be creative. Mm -hmm. We're still experimenting with the concept, but it's something that we've already rolled out to our entire function globally, and we've already received very positive feedback from our employees. I love that. I'm going to have to steal that. I think um, take, uh, we had a guest. Oh, I'm blanking on who it was now, but we had a guest recently, um, or maybe it was one of somebody in our innovator series. And they said, it's important to take control of your calendar or else it will control you. Absolutely. It, what a simple concept because, oh, I know it was Stephen Tristan Young from Poshmark, CMO mm -hmm. Poshmark. And I thought that was such good advice and such a simple thing. Our calendar, like it's such a big part of your day. 
we should have permission to block time. And it seems so simple, but I don't think enough people do that. So thank you for sharing that advice. And in terms of thinking bigger than just the marketing function, um, the role of marketing as a function and the CMO role in particular, in you know, no other role has experienced as much change. I say that every episode. Um, so forgive me those who who are our, our loyal listeners. You have to hear me say that over and over, but it's so true. And I'm always curious what our guest perspective on it is as far as what do you think has evolved the most or what do you see continuing to evolve in the next, say, three to five years for the CMO role? So, Heidi, I would say it's beyond just the role. It's the entire profession. The profession is changing more than any other profession today. And this has only accelerated in the past decade beyond recognition. It's quite dynamic. It's a platform from which we can practice our craft. And it's always about being current and driving world-class capabilities. We all know that we are experiencing unprecedented levels of uh, technology change, digital change, which are also great enablers to constantly learn new approaches, test new methodologies, to challenge our ways of thinking and engagement with customers and consumers. But the expectations of brands have continued to soar as well. So I believe that in order to thrive and maintain relevance, we need to be able to successfully anticipate and shape our customers' and consumers' needs as we continue to seek and address them quickly and effectively. So let me bring it a little bit further home to us. Since we're playing in the healthcare arena, we also need to build that brand trust with our customers and consumers in every interaction. The future, I believe, continues to be all about data ownership and respecting privacy. Mm -hmm. We're driving towards a world where the customer or the consumer will make every decision. And I believe digital media will continue to be even more socially connected. Yeah, I think that's um, that's a really good take. And I, I feel like I wonder sometimes if the marketing function feels that everyone else understands how much that the marketing function has to deal with and still rise to the occasion, rise to the challenge, to your point. Um, and, it, you know, if there's one thing you would change, I also like to ask this question, if there's one thing you would change about maybe the CMO function or the role of the CMO, what would it be if you could change one thing? Uh, so not necessarily a new concept, but one thing that I would change or, or want to see us truly adopt is really to make the customer or the consumer the center of everything that we do. Like I said, it's not a new concept, but how we break down silos uh, that interact with customers or consumers is still very much a challenge for many organizations. And so therefore, I think internally all functions which touch the customer or create the customer or consumer experience from sales to marketing, mm -hmm. customer service, finance, we truly need to align more objectively around the customer or consumer's needs rather than our own internal objectives. I got the new title. It's soon going to be CMO will evolve to chief customer advocate. There you go. <laughs> that's pretty it. much, pretty <laughs> much what, what it is. Um, and Lorraine, of course, I couldn't let you go without our final question. Um, and that is if you were not the uh, chief marketing and e-commerce officer for Philips, what would you be doing? 
So Heidi, this allows me to dream, right? Because from of my course, young- dream big, dream big. <laughs> well, I don't know how big it is, but I think it's a it's from a young age. I developed a true passion and love for design and creative elements. And so the marketing profession was a natural way or natural place to apply these in a business context. So if I if I wasn't CMO, um, you know, I think I'd find another way to use my creativity and design skills, perhaps, um, you know, through interior design. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah, my sister is an interior designer. And I, I have to tell you, it takes such skill to do what interior designers do. So if you have it, that's a, that's a side gig for you, Lorraine, and all your free time. Yes, for sure. Well, thank you so much for joining us and and sharing a bit about your perspective and your background and your story. Um, Really appreciate it. And um, so glad to have you as part of this community. Thanks so much, Heidi. It was my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Of course. Take care. Thanks. Thank you so much for tuning in today, and we hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, we'd love your help in sharing CMO moves with one of your friends or colleagues. And please also be sure to subscribe on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you listen. Better yet, leave us a review while you're at it. Thanks again, and we'll catch you next time. Hey there, are you ready to elevate your personal brand or company? Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for video content and audience building. Imagine growing your brand organically on social media without the hassle of editing videos for hours. With Viral Growth, it's a breeze. They handle the brainstorming, scripting, and editing while you simply just hit record. And don't worry about your niche. They cater to everyone, from business and marketing to health and wellness. Are you ready to make waves in the social media realm? Visit viralgrowth.io and use code ADWEEK, that's A-D-W-E-E-K, all lowercase, and get 10% off your plan. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 